0: Alright everybody out there, this is Jake Ward and this is the third installment of the Radcast, Um, which by the way, I think I might change that name, it sounds, I don't know, it's kind of ridiculous, but it was a cool idea when I got it at first, but I just don't know what else I would call this show is the problem, you know, I don't really have any unless it's just Jake Ward's podcast, it's just kind of bland and I don't really know what else to do with that, so I guess I'll stick with that name for now, even though it's not not quite as serious as a subject matter I feel like I deal with on this show but um you know um uh, this is as I said the third installment uh, I've gotten a little bit of feedback from people you know mainly just uh, just relatives close friends people who have actually listened to it uh, and I appreciate the feedback and I appreciate having more and more of it I like I like just knowing that people are listening to it but um it's also nice to if anyone's actually hearing it and and putting, putting thought into what I'm saying. I mean, if, if no one is, then this is kind of a waste of time. Um, but it is kind of nice to have this podcast so I can say stuff that I don't normally say, you know, in everyday conversation for people who know me. Um, and I, I feel like I need to work on that more. I need to, to, you know, get myself to speak up, to speak up at things that I, that I see, that I think. To save my mind and talk about more serious matters. I mean, this is just my own my own opinion on all this, but um, I know I spend an awful lot of time just just talking about uh, about nothing, you know, or, or just joking around and just small talk. And not that there's anything um, you know maybe explicitly wrong with those things, and you know, it's nice to be to be friendly and to have friends, and you know, you can just talk and joke about them once in a while. But um, I feel like all of us have this kind of problem. We just slip out of those serious modes. We just never want to talk about these sort of things, and, and that's, I mean, I'm doing this podcast, but I'm hoping to kind of, you know, in my own life, try to move that into more more of a more of a main focus, you know, for my life, and I'm hoping this podcast will, will sort of help me to do that, but it at least provides a release for me in case I don't do that, um, or in case there's something I want to talk about in a more structured way. Anyway, I'm rambling a lot. Um, today, I want my topic, what I want to talk about is uh, the idea of inadequacy um for a christian and the difficulty of, of being a christian um and I, i'll clarify this a little more with some scripture in a minute here but um i think this this feeling of, of personal inadequacy of personal um you know thinking that we ourselves are, are not yet acceptable or are not yet um perfect or right with god i mean that's sort of an idea that that should be very much that we should be very much aware of at all times. And this is just something I've been thinking about the last couple of days. Um, uh, because it's so easy for us um, to just kind of follow inertia, to just kind of get settled into into a pattern of ways, into one way of thinking. Uh, we say, okay, well, as long as I keep doing this, this, and this, then I'll be fine. And then we just kind of turn our brains off. And I think this is a really dangerous way to live. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean... Obviously, I think there's a certain way we need to live, and I think it can be expressed and is expressed in uh, the scripture, uh, among other places. Um, So it's not as if this way doesn't exist. It's not there is a way, but the thing about that way is it's arduous, and every you know every minute, every day, we have to be we have to be watching, we have to be careful, we have to be on edge a little bit. Uh, We can't just we can't just settle into these things. We have to realize. Um, that at all times we're either we're either growing spiritually and growing in God's ways, or we're degenerating, we're falling back. We're either we're either pulled down by gravity, or we're fighting it and and uh, keeping afloat. And that's something that you know we definitely need to be aware of. Uh, there's no there's no just resting. There's no just okay, well I've gotten to this point and I don't want to go any farther. We can't just stop. As soon as we do that, we're going to start sinking again and uh that's an idea um that i think is is seen a lot of a lot of places i mean in the scriptures these ideas that we i mean we if we think we're done then you know that's probably evidence that we're not if we think that we have gone far enough in the faith or that we've we've gotten to the point where where we're acceptable to god we've done what we need to do and now we're just i don't know waiting to die i mean that's I'm not, I'm not trying to be morbid with that thought. I'm just saying, like, oh, well, now all I have to do is just sit here and wait until heaven comes and bide my time and keep myself entertained. And I don't think that's it at all. Um, you know, you think about the Apostle Paul. He says he didn't think he had attained. He uses that verbiage. He says, not that I have yet attained. Um, but he's, he pushes on. He's always pushing forward. He's always pressing on um, in the faith and always growing. And I think this is an. I mean, if that's if that's the attitude the Apostle Paul had, I think that's the attitude we need to have. Um, he, after all, wrote uh, the bulk of the New Testament, and you know, countless people have read this and been helped by this. And in his own life, um, he he converted many. He was in many tribulations. He was. I mean, he he was pretty much an ultimate Christian in that way. But I mean, he still. At whatever time he wrote that, sorry, I don't have the scripture in front of me. It's, it's in one of the pistols. I know he says this, and I should have it before me, but I don't. Um, but at the time he says this, he's he's not dead. I mean, he's not done unless we're unless we're out of this world, then then we can no longer or we cannot yet say that say that we are done and think that we've attained. And I think this is a thought we have to be aware of. Uh, I've been reading a lot of the philosopher uh, Kierkegaard, who's. Who's really into theology and Christianity, and uh, anybody who's you know talked to me or seen my Facebook wall in a few da- in the last few days uh, is well aware of my attachment to Kierkegaard at this point. Um, but he he talks about how being a Christian is not about being; it's not about just complacency; it's about becoming. And, I mean, this might just be a difference in, in terminology. I'm not sure I even agree with this, this terminology myself. But he considers himself not to be a Christian yet. He considers himself to still be becoming. And I think, um, in a way, I think we can think of ourselves as Christians. Just, people, you know, adherents of Christ, although we may not yet be to the point where we can stop. I think we can still call ourselves Christians. But I think there's a way in which what he says is true. Because Christianity again is about becoming, not being. It's not that you are a Christian; it's that you're becoming closer and closer to Christ at all times. Um, and I think in the, in that sense, it's it's worth thinking about. Um, another another idea that he gives, uh, which I think is is worth thinking about. I think in a way, it's a little too intellectual, and I'm not trying to like go over anyone's head here. And that's been <laughs> I think that's been a complaint I've had a few times, which is which is completely valid, um, that I sometimes go over people's heads, and I don't think that's a lot of the time because I'm talking about things that are too complex. I think it's because I'm not very good at expressing them uh, in a clear fashion, so I'm trying to work on that a little bit. But anyway, this idea that may or may not be—I mean, you can take this or leave it—but um, Kierkegaard talks about um, sphere, different spheres of existence and I, we do not need to go into it, but one of them is, like, the ethical. And he differentiates the ethical, or he sometimes calls it, like, the universal. And this is sort of, like, social morality. This is kind of like, oh, well, I work, I contribute to society, I, you know, do my part for the for the state, or whatever. And I, I don't think that's wrong in any way, but, like, Kierkegaard fights that a lot because uh, he's revolting against this other... Philosopher before him, this German uh, named Hegel, who really degraded the individual in place of the the state, and Kierkegaard just hates this. Kierkegaard says every individual must find for himself, you know, the idea for which he will live and die, the idea or the thing for which he will commit his life. Um, Kierkegaard is very much into the the individual uh, seeking of God and the individual relationship to God. Um, and he wouldn't. Um, he wouldn't say you can just you can just adhere, or or submit to some um, worldly authority like the state, um, and just and just therefore say that you're good, or therefore say that that standard validates you. I mean, he didn't say he didn't think that was a good enough. He's what he thinks is that it's too systematized that people are too too willing to just. I don't know, I'm trying to to think of a way to say this without getting too complex. Um, But basically he fights a lot against just something I see a lot as a philosophy major, but just this idea of trying to systematize the world, to conceptualize it, um, to kind of hypothetically lay out how the world is constructed and ordered. But all these, I mean, all these things, these objective truths that we might be able to say about the world he, he compares it to math and he says you know maybe there's a way we can objectively structure the world or, or lay it out but this is you know this would be an indifferent truth is what he says like okay we all know that like say two plus two equals four there's an answer to that question it's an objective answer to that question but who cares how does that affect our lives how does that affect how we live he says each of us must find out for ourselves how to live. Each of us must seek out God for ourselves. Um, we must individually go through this anxiety, um, this dread, this finding of, of the truth um, without necessarily having concepts to, to rely on. We can't just say, okay, well, I know, you know that concept's true and that concept's true, therefore we can't just make this all intellectual and indifferent. We must have passion about these things. We must be completely devoted to it we must live our lives according to it we must care um, about these things and I think that's a, I think that's a big deal and that's something we definitely need to, to take note of I'm just trying to draw that contrast as simply as I can and and hopefully in, the, in later podcasts or just in personal conversations with people I can clear that up if anyone has a question about that um but anyway um I think that's that's definitely one way to look at it um Basically, I mean, all of us face these, just this, this basic idea that, oh, well, I should be doing more, oh, I should be doing this or that, and we just don't do it. And I mean, this is a really simple concept, but we just need to give this some thought. Um, because I mean, a lot of the times we'll say, oh, well, I need to, g- I need to start going to church again, you know, and for the most part, a lot of people just don't do it. But, you know, even, let's just say hypothetically, you know, someone's in that position, and then they start doing it. And they say, "Okay, I'll start going to church again." And I think what happens is, as soon as that happens, they say, "That's the one thing I have to do," and they do it. And then they're—we're just too quick. All of us do this. I mean, in different things. I'm just using an example, but we're too quick to look on ourselves with satisfaction, to pat ourselves on the back, to say that we have done, you know, a good thing, and therefore, you know, we just quickly forget that guilt. We quickly forget. Um, our position before God, which I'll get to in a minute here, and we just immediately start congratulating ourselves and, and, and glorifying or glorying in what we have done. And I think this is something we, we need to expressly avoid um, because, you know, I know there's another, this just came into my mind. I didn't have this in my notes, but there's another scripture, which of course I don't have before me, um, that we must. We must glory only in what the Lord has done. We glory not in what we have done. Um, and I think this is something. There's a lot we can unpack from that because all that we have, all of us are debtors before God. All of us have, we have nothing. You know, without without God, we can do nothing. Without God, we have nothing. And um, you know, that's true in a physical way, like. Um, I think he's in this world, I think he sustains us every second, you know, just physically, um, as the creator. But I think spiritually, if we are Christians, I think we rely on him, and even if we aren't Christians, I think all of us, in a sense, must rely on him spiritually. Our spirits are part of us, and I think we need God. And I think that's something I've talked about in the last couple podcasts, but we need him just like we need food or water except I mean in this world it's not it's not as evident people think oh well I'm doing okay and I don't have God um but it's really just a misconception that I think uh the day will come when it will be rectified and that's that's kind of what worries me but um as far as that goes I mean we can't really glory in anything that we have done because we haven't done anything we don't have anything we are all sinners we are all vile before him and um i mean i just think of verses like um i know this is in matthew with the with the foretelling of the end let me see i might be able to find it right here i think it might be in matthew 45 or 45 matthew 25 there are not 45 chapters in matthew for those of you who are confused um but there's a lot of talk about about the end, the end days, Matthew 24. Um, that was a chapter off. Um, I'm not going to waste the time. Not, it wouldn't be a waste of time, but I'm not going to spend the, the air time here to find the exact verse. But uh, he says, Many in that day will cry, Lord, Lord, but I, that is the Lord, will say to them, Depart ye from me, I never knew you. And I mean, to me, that's something... That's something really terrifying and I think that's something all of us need to be aware of. Um, I think it might be easy for us to just blow that verse off and say, oh well that's not me I'm a sincere follower of God and you know maybe that's true but maybe it's not and I think that there's a sense in which we can't know that for sure um, and there's a sense in which we have to con- we have to even if it's true now that that we know God it may become untrue later in this life we may drift away from him. We may just think, okay, well now I'm before God, and now I don't, and therefore I don't need to think about this anymore. Um, and later down the path, we just start drift away again. That inertia drags us away from God because we are not every day renewing ourselves. We are not every day committing ourselves to Him. We are not every day um, submitting ourselves to His scrutiny and to His discipline, to His hand, to the discipline of His Word and of His Spirit, um, and allowing ourselves to be humbled by it. I think this is something we need to do every day, um, so that we do not come into that position, so that we are not before God thinking, thinking, oh, I lived my life in service to him, and he tells us in that day, no, you did not, I don't even know who you are, you know, you never came, you never bothered to to seek me out, and I mean, to to me, that's just terrifying to think that that could be us, um... And I think you know it's it's something. I'm not saying it's impossible to know that we are saved. Uh, that's not that's not what I'm saying at all here. I'm just saying uh, we need to constantly evaluate our lives and constantly um, pray for that for that guidance and for that light. Because without God's constant guidance and light, it's so easy for us to just be misled, for us to be led astray and confused and deceived. And, and to be so sure of ourselves to be led into that surety and into that pride um, I think that's a big danger I was just reading um, Jeremiah chapter 5 um, today earlier when I was when I was thinking about doing this podcast and I don't know if any of you have are familiar with the book of Jeremiah it's it's not the happiest book it's a little gloomy it's a lot of it is, Jeremiah is commanded to to warn Israel that the day is coming when they're going to be basically exiled to Babylon. The Babylonians, uh, a rival kingdom, are going to come into Jerusalem to Israel and basically just take everyone away, Um, except for you know the really poor people, the peasants, the worthless people that they don't need or can't use for slave work. I think it's something along the lines of that. I don't. My my Israel history is not as great as it should be, but anyway, that's a lot of what Jeremiah is prophesying, and again, a lot of the a lot of what he says I think speaks to could speak to us today, and I think it's something we need to see as possibly pertaining to us. Um, one thing that Jer that um the Lord says to Jeremiah. Uh, speaking of the Israelites and, and of how the Israelites were claiming to serve God but not sincerely serving Him. And I think that's kind of the crux of this whole matter that I'm trying to get at is that it's so easy for us to, to keep saying it, to keep thinking of ourselves as Christians, to keep thinking of ourselves as servants to Him, but in our heart we are not really doing anything about it. We are not really seeking Him. We are not really seeking to know Him every day. And... um I'll, I'll just go ahead and read this, this scripture. Though they say, and that's the Israelites say, the Lord liveth, surely they, the Israelites again, swear falsely. Though there's, Even though these people were saying that the Lord lives, um, the Lord says they're, they're swearing falsely. They're speaking lies when they say this because they don't believe it. And um, Jeremiah says, O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. And I think this is uh, Jeremiah 5, uh, chapter verses 2 and 3. And I think this is something, like I said, we need to realize this could be us. We need to realize that that maybe we're seeing these signs, we're seeing these pains and tribulations, and instead of being humbled by them, instead of realizing our sin because of them, we are we are just turning our backs. We're just waiting. We're just saying, "Oh, not today." I don't want to be bothered with this, or um, I don't have time for it. I ha- I have other things to do, or whatever we might say about all these things. Um, you know, this could be us refusing to receive correction, making our faces harder than a rock. And a lot of the places places it says, you know, these people are of a of a hardened heart, and they are stiff-necked. They are that were stubborn. And I think this is this could be us. That's that's what I want us just to be aware of. Um, if we're not being watchful in prayer and uh, being guided by these things, if we're just trusting instead in our own assessment and our own minds, um, you know, without without admitting the possibility of these things, then I think we're in danger. Um. Sorry, I'm a little I'm a little disorganized today, but. Um, here's another... I I This entire chapter of Jeremiah 5 and probably a lot more from Jeremiah and, and the Old Testament prophets um, can really be helpful in, in sort of humbling ourselves and sort of seeing, putting ourselves in Israel's shoes and, and thinking how how accurate it could be for all of us. I mean, all of us have fallen short. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And, you know, it reminds us of, of what... Uh, what James says in the book of James, um, you know, everyone who transgresses in one point of the law is guilty of the whole law. And I think that's definitely something which we need to keep in mind. We can't just say, oh, well, I mean, I do a few things that are smaller than once in a while with well, this one thing. But, I mean, it just it doesn't matter. God is a just God, and one transgression um, will bring all this on our heads, uh, the whole consequence of the law. Um, here's another it's verse twelve, um, Jeremiah says they have belied the Lord, and said it is not He. Neither shall evil come upon us. Neither shall we see the sword nor famine. Um, these Israelites were just were just positive that it was not the Lord coming to punish them. Uh, when they saw when they saw them warring nations preparing for battle or whatever they saw, um, they were sure that they were free from blame, that they were free from guilt, and therefore they would be free from punishment. And again, I just this is this is us, and I think um, another way this is demonstrated is just the way in which we lavish ourselves uh, with comforts and pleasures. And this is I'll read one more verse. Um, this is what the Israelites did. It says they are waxen fat, they shine, yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper, and the right of the needy do they not judge. And the Lord says, Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Um, the Israelites were were so busy, um, the majority of the people were just so busy filling their own mouths and and pleasing themselves and getting their own. And they completely neglect- neglected the uh, the cause of the poor and of the, of the fatherless, of the orphans and the widows, those who have need, those who genuinely... You know desired or or needed things were were just completely ignored Uh, their hearts lacked compassion and cared only only for themselves and for their own desires Um, and I think that's something you know not necessarily all of us I'm not trying to, to to point the fingers here I mean I am in this position I'm in this boat worse than anyone else is or worse than a lot of people are and I just think it's something that all of us in this country need to worry about. Because I know we're in an economic recession. I'm not trying to downplay that. And that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like I don't want to downplay that because I know there are people out there in our country who are hungry, who are needy, um, who desire these things, and we ignore them. Um, and I know I'm not advocating by any means um, you know, socialism or the redistribution of wealth. Um, government mandated. I think you know that probably won't work out. We've seen communism. I don't want to get into this whole thing. Um, what I'm saying is that we, as Christians, um, not because our government says so, but because our God says so, ought to take care of those who have need. We ought to look out to the for those um, who are hungry and those who are poor. And these these people should be in our hearts and on our minds. Um, I know in the Proverbs, it says, you know, the wise man or the righteous man regarded the cause of the poor. Um, The righteous must look out for those. And this must be something we think of. We must not just think of ourselves and lavish ourselves with comforts and pleasures. Because firstly, um, I think there's a question of whether or not we deserve them, knowing who we are. We know that we know a lot of us say, oh, God has blessed us so, so richly. Um, But and I'm not saying that's not true but i know it also the the scriptures also say you know if you have food and raiment that is clothing if you have food and clothing be satisfied therewith we don't need to push on we don't need to to strive to gain more and more you know material goods and i mean this is something we all know uh it's just something we we forget something we don't think about and i think it's something we need to think about more because i mean we are we are we are humble we are sinners we are poor ambassadors for Christ um, that aren't doing a very good job most of the time. I mean, I speak for myself, but but still, I mean, it's it's true, and it's something when you think about we, who are we um, to lavish these things on ourselves, um, to give to ourselves all that we all that we desire, um, when we think about a all those who are in need, and b the God who is above. Um, I'm not sure that this is the best way for us to use our time and money, uh, which in reality are not really ours but are given to us by God. I think we must use those things that God has given us, again, as he says, to help those who are in need, to help those who do not have those things, um, to be selfless. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, with having money or, I don't know, maybe even having a nice house. I'm not trying to get into that whole discussion. I'm just saying that, you know... Um, we know that um, it's as hard for a rich man to get into heaven as for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. I mean, we've heard these things. And I just think it's it's the idea of, of not trusting in our riches and not loving them and not loving ourselves uh, to such an extent, but, but having love for God, for His Word, and for our brethren, of using our time and our money and our, our efforts and our energy to help those who are in need, both by, by spreading wealth, um, and by, um, spreading the gospel, by telling all men about the salvation, um, that we have, the riches that, that can be ours through, through God, and the richness of His kingdom. And, you know, there's, there's a couple ways we can look at that, but, um, basically, I mean, it's just, it's helpful for us to remember, uh, that we have been bought with a price, that we have been freed from sin, by Christ's blood that he sent us he was sent to us to be to redeem us, to buy us out of those things. And now as soon as we're free, you know, we're free from sin now in, in Christ's blood, we're baptized and we immediately just run off back into into those old bondages, into those old things that again enslave us. And I think this is something we really need to watch for. Um we need to humbly confess and seek God. We need to acknowledge our error and be made right. We must always press on, always growing, and not stopping to glory in ourselves or pat ourselves on the back, but keeping our eyes on God. Um, I'm almost out of time, so I'm going to close with one more verse from Isaiah. This This is the Lord speaking. For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things hath been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Hear ye the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at His word. I think this is something. I mean, we definitely need to be aware of that. That the Lord looks out for those who tremble before Him, who work out their own salvation with fear and trembling, as it says in Philippians. Uh, we ought not to be those who are proud, who are who are lifted up, who think that we are righteous, or else we are just like the Philistines um, in the Gospels that, that Jesus was coming to say. You know, it's those who are sick that need a doctor, not those who are healthy. Um, basically calling them out completely. And um, I think we all just need to be made aware of this. We all need to think on these things. Um, and, and always be pressing on, always be looking on ourselves and realizing that we are not yet adequate, that we have not yet attained. Um, hopefully all of this has been clear. If it's not, uh, feel free to comment on either on Facebook, where it'll be probably, or on Facebook. My podcast website, which is Jake Rad. That's J A E K W R A D dot Podbean dot com. Um, hopefully, again, this has been helpful, and I appreciate your comments and your listening. See you later.